Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. My name is Aram, and my pronouns are he, him. I am the producer of the Dungeon and Dragons podcast, God's Fall. My name is Dylan. My pronouns are he, him, and I'm a physicist from Canada. Welcome to Kill Every, Every Monster. This week on Kill Every Monster, we are featuring the Nothic. The Monster Manual describes Nothics as monstrous creatures with terrible talons and a single great eye. When driven to violence, it uses its horrific gaze to rot the flesh from its enemy's bones. In this episode, we are joined by Sinziak. Sinziak is a part-time variety streamer on Twitch with a focus on story-driven games and open discussion on the gaming community and culture. Outside of streaming, he's involved in tabletop gaming, being featured in multiple games as a player and also being a writer for Mnemonic RPG and Into the Motherlands. His pronouns are he, they. Welcome to the show, Sinziak. Oh, hi. It's good to be here. I'm really happy about this. We're going to do this up front, even ahead of the first question. This was one of the two creatures that I brought up to Aram when we were pitching this idea and trying to walk through it was just like, there are so many cool monsters that get no attention Nothic is one of them where it's just fucking delicious, and I just want an excuse to talk about how cool they are, so thank you for showing up and picking this one. You know, something I'm absolutely here for it. The um, way that I got into Nothics or found out about them was, surprisingly, you know, for the one good thing that it's useful for, Facebook, which was someone talking about <laughs> how someone solved an encounter with a Nothic by having a talk with them and asking them why they were the way they were and how they could help them. I'm just like, I think I want to know more about this creature now. Sin, what is a Nothic to you? It is a person who has seen too much and therefore knows too much. Don't know if it's just that their whole bodies and brains went, no, there's not that, or maybe they signed a contract with Ursula and these are the consequences. Yeah, that's that's something that the uh, the monster manual is not clear on because they claim it's like a curse from Vecna. If you delve too deep, if you go into secrets that Vecna does not want you to discover, you are cursed. Now, there's no clear idea what those are. So apparently it's like there's a border out there. Good luck. You may hit it. I looked at this and went in a world where other wizards and warlocks exist. How is there not an entire factory of Nothics? All magic is secrets. Like, what 
big secrets, what field, what questions, how the hell could you possibly avoid it? You've got two options. You've got it like ramps up and it's like a probabilistic thing, or maybe it happens in stages or whatever, or there are things that you just trip over and now you're a Nothic. And it really sounds like they're very, very isolated things that Vecna has closed off and basically magically trapped, which is kind of cool if you're doing a game that's based entirely around Vecna. Vecna ain't a thing in base D&D. Was it necromancy that you tried to put your hand into? Is that what got you in trouble? How could it be if there are liches? I mean, how far past the border would you have to be? It's got to be something about like, okay, if I were Vecna and I were going to guard something, it would be, they're the two things that Vecna is famous for, being a lich and being a god. It could be something about undermining either of those, a way to either seize godhood, which puts him at risk because you might take it from him, or you might find a way to like unseize it for him. But that's the problem. That's been researched all the time. There's whole books about how people have tried to usurp gods with magic. Without it being defined, it's vague, and then it doesn't fit anywhere in the canon. I think it's like basically just like, here's a building block for your own story. Go figure it out. The Nothic is here because the Nothic is here. And it's kind of like, this creature is cursed. Oh? Can you uncurse the creature? What happens if you uncurse the creature? <laughs> it does suggest you can, and also that they don't remember who they were. So it's kind of like this, it's like if it's like if Golem had amnesia is kind of the vibe I get from the Nothic. I feel like they're on the long list of if you just made it a progression. If you make it, especially because their major thing is the eye, it begs you to say something about staring into the abyss and having the abyss stare back into you and it slowly turns you. Making the Nothics be something that is like a progression, one is way cooler as a story, two makes a lot more sense because now you don't have to inherently tie Vecna into every story involving a Nothic. And three, it creates the ability to do worse Nothics or less bad Nothics. It's sort of like you have the Yuan-Ti purebloods and the Malazans and whatever the other ones are. I don't remember off the top of my head. Fourth edition of Dungeons and Dragons did break the Nothics out into three separate Nothics. And they were like the normal Nothic, and then they ramped up to really terrifying. And like think one was like a direct hand of Vecna. It was very tied back into Vecna. Uh, but yeah, with the new one, it's just it's just this creature with a big eye. Just a big, huge eye who kind of lurks. And like they say they lurk in caves and shadows, which is fine, but they don't really explain why. Like, is there more magic there? Here's the thing. It doesn't even necessarily say that the Nothics are in caves. One of the things that it points out is that they're really interested in infiltrating libraries. Yeah. Finding places with secrets. If it's a really big library, there just could be like a library Nothic. Maybe it doesn't bother anyone. They just know it's there. One of my favorite things about Nothics is that it feels like the wizard that becomes a Nothic should almost always be evil. Like you're delving into areas that you shouldn't. You're looking at stuff that is basically forbidden and corrupting knowledge. But the end state of a Nothic feels real neutral to me. Like, this is just a weird-looking nerd. I can sympathize with that. For me, a Nothic is designed for a redemption arc. So the idea that they all go in evil, or at least go in a little bit tainted, works well with that. The period that they're a Nothic is kind of like purgatory. And hopefully they can find a way out to be redeemed. And the way out is going to be the same way they got in, by finding knowledge no one else has. 
either that or the npc that just wanders the library and you just have a nerd around who just looks weird and sometimes tries to read your mind and makes everyone a little uncomfortable but also can't talk to people which is also weird because kind of like what you get is you get under common as a language forever things that seek magical knowledge for its only language to be under common is again just a baffling choice i get it if it was specifically tied to the curse like i get it if vector was like i don't want you to understand all these languages because you might find a book that tells you how to undo this process that makes sense but why under common just because they're evil abyssal was right there infernal like was right around the corner <laughs> those are all inherently magical languages right so if you take away someone's ability to speak anything that magic might be written in, you force them to do the whole mind reader thing and you create that desperation. You create a creature that would break into libraries, not for books, but to hunt the people who would come for books so that you can pull the information directly out of their head, which creates a really, really cool monster. But to do that, you have to make it so they can no longer read the books. Assumedly, they're constantly seeking magic because even though they don't remember who they were, they have either a tie back to magic or they instinctively are seeking out a way to return to what they once were. So if that's true, then why don't they do anything with magic? Why don't they have any innate magic at all or resistance or anything? No, their only magic tricks are looking at you so hard that you melt and reading your brain but they're wizards and can't cast magic missile like not even a cantrip i really want to understand this because it is because the most consistent thing about them is well we were learning magic at one point and then something happened and it's kind of like high level magic i can look at you and rend the flesh from your bones but i cannot remember for the life of me how firebolt works i just want this to make sense if it's a curse if it's part of vecna's curse where they cannot cast magic I'll accept that that's neat, but there should be some tieback. They should have magic resistance or they should innately be able to use any magic item they touch. Like there should be some neat feature about them that just makes them inherently magical still. I think the, the closest thing that you get is the fact that they have the amount of true sight that they do. That is a neat ability. But again, it's like, why? Because they're searching for something? At the very at the very least, I could say having true sight is probably the thing that makes the most sense here and in a poetic way, because you can see the truth of things, but you can't talk about it. A Nothic should be a NPC in a story that the players have to engage with for a period of time. It's got all these tools to help them. It can see things they can't. It can sense things they can't. It has weird insight it gets from them and maybe never let it speak to the uh, players, but it can play in their dreams. It gives you all these tools as a DM to add layers to your storytelling and frankly, just to dump info that you need to on them and do it in ways that ties in well, but, but never makes them feel easy because I can't imagine you'd ever sleep well next to a Nothic. So they'd make you uncomfortable, but this is one of my the reasons I love the Nothic is uh, Hydras ruined, trolls ruined, because werewolves ruined, because everyone knows the trick, right? Everyone knows what they are, what they do, how to deal with it. Nothic is one of the only like really good D and D monsters that is just a D and D monster. 
So if you introduce it as an NPC and it can read your mind a little bit and it knows all these things and it can see through illusions, it can see through invisibility and it can tell you these things that it has no right to know, that's a really interesting NPC that you might hang out with and you'll never really trust, but you'll hang out with them. And then one day someone breaks into the library and the Nothic stares at him so hard that his flesh comes off of his body. There's no reason that a PC would ever see that coming, and it would be such a fantastic moment for them to learn, like, it could do that the whole time. So we've talked a lot about these things and what they can do and how they get this way. Is the Nothic a monster? I think to us it's supposed to be, but it doesn't seem like it is. When I think about monsters, I think about they're these creatures that are usually like beyond a reckoning or imagination, but they also just like come from somewhere. They're like born somewhere they're created somewhere they like come out of the abyss they come from like an, a, another plane they come out of the river sticks they are born of people's nightmares or whatever these nothics are just like they read the wrong book and an exceptionally powerful lich went fuck you dude and i'm just like does that make you a monster per se no like in the same way that i don't necessarily think werewolves are monsters the Nothics don't have any culture. They're not connected to each other. There's never any indication that they would ever work together or live together of any kind of community, though. But it also doesn't make sense for them to live together, right? It doesn't give the implication either, although it probably should far happen far more than it does, that even that this happens a lot. Single sentence explanation, they could have just put it in and fixed it. The transformation is violent and rarely survived. You look at that thing and picture any player species from D&D and tell me that that's happening cleanly. Because if suddenly all of those little, I don't know what the little spiky boys on the back of your uh, vertebrae are called. Uh, spiky boys. Technical yeah, the spiky term. boys. Yeah. Those spiky boys suddenly grow a full foot long and jut out of your back. And you're going to tell me that that went fine. Your eyes merged into a single eye. And then even for two eyes squished together, turned into a huge eye and fully reshaped your skull. I'd have to think that would hurt. The level of power that a wizard would have to have to, one, get to a secret that Vecna's really kind of worried about, and to survive, that's an astronomical amount of power. And I can absolutely see that transformation and the sheer damage that does to you, dropping them back to sort of this challenge to monster. But also, why this? Why this creature with true sight that screws around in in caves and is drawn to magic and has a mind. Why this creature, Vecna? Because he's a mean, mean boy. Well, he could have been meaner then is what I'm saying. Like, why not make him a shoe? Why not, why not have them, why not have them be, why not have them be living fire, but they can feel themselves burning. There's a lot of levels you could go to here that aren't like goblin with a big eye. No, Torvek, don't put that on. Be careful. Be careful. That's one of the loafers of Vecna. A <laughs> wizard truly cursed. <laughs> 
like obviously there's a lot of stuff that all of us would like to change with nothics that is like just broad stroke stuff like they should have spell casting there should be different tiers of like even if you want to do like right after you transform if you're like a low level nothic and haven't really started searching for knowledge again then yeah sure it turns you into a weird terrifying goblin with a doom eye but like eventually you're going to become a weird terrifying goblin with a doom eye who's a wizard again that's going to get more powerful and bigger and scarier but also look at the build of that creature and tell me that it doesn't have pounce as an ability if it's got a 10 foot run up it has a strength of 14 and a dex of 16 that thing can jump anywhere it wants to right Steal the ability from the the tiger, give it to the Nothic. I want to see this thing charge across a room, jump onto someone, and tear their ribcage open. I don't think they should ever be able to learn spells because of the curse. And I think that should be why it's so hard. And it also would explain why they're always seeking magical items. I don't want to say this because I also think they've done this with a couple monsters to different degrees, but even making it something where like it feeds off of magic, it can no longer cast spells because that spell slot is now food to them. Magic resistance would be like, I feel like that would be the most sensible thing for all of this. If you block off one thing, like if Vecna's curse said you can't cast magic, then that should, as a side effect, give them some protection from magic because they've been cut off from the source. Even if it's something as simple as like when it's targeted with a spell, if it succeeds the saving throw, it takes no damage and instead it heals like a D6 per level spell. It just hits it and instead of like fireball going off, there's like this big puff of red energy that feels like it should be fire that just immediately just shrinks back down and just absorbs into it. That plays especially well with the fact that one of the biggest things that they say about this creature is that it knows things like for the most part is forbidden or things that people can possibly know. You throw a fireball at me and my response is to just eat the energy of the fireball and you watch it dissipate in midair. The next thing that you should be doing is leaving. <laughs> the Arknothic, we're gonna keep giving it abilities. This thing has legendary actions. How could it not? It has a lair, that's just true. One of the legendary actions, it takes all of the legendary actions for a turn, but it's just counterspell. The worst high-level enemy to fight, it will just walk in and just tell your casters no as a reaction. Not necessarily that this lair is a library, but this lair is probably covered in, like, stolen books or artifacts. It specifically said that this isn't, like, the desire for knowledge and that it's a weird pull at the back of their head. So, like, this is a sort of person who doesn't have that view of books as sacrosanct. This is someone who has, like, an entire textbook, gets it back into their house, cuts the spine out, and pastes the pages across the wall so it can see everything laid out in front of it. There's something in here that's important. Every Nothic's layer would look like a the red board. string conspiracy yeah. board. Exactly. Also, keep them at having a shitty garbage claw attack, but make it once they've absorbed a spell, once they've made the save and absorbed it. It gains however much bonus damage on the claw attack as like just that magic energy is now in it and it's now stronger because you did that. Oh, kind of like absorb elements, except that it's just magic slots. That's cool. This is a very specific thing. However, if you have the eye of Vecna, if you have found the legendary artifact, the eye of Vecna, you should be able to see through the eye of every Nothic that exists. 
You should be able to flip through them like you're just scrolling through profiles on your phone and just be able to see through any of their eyes. I just think to be able to like a neat, there's, there's not enough things about magic items that aren't just stat stuff, that aren't just neat, fun, cool things they can do. This is one of the reasons why I would love to disconnect these things from Vecna, because instead of having that be the Eye of Vecna, why not have the Eye of the Nothic? Make it its own magic item, and it's one of those things that like, make it the thing that they keep doing where if you murder a Nothic, you can take its eye. And if you know what you're doing, you can make it the sort of thing where you look through all the other Nothic's eyes. Yeah. Yes. But now it's sad, Dylan. Now you made it sad. It was fun before. It's, a, it's an academic who can no longer speak or truly understand or act in its field, who is cursed to wander seeking knowledge for the rest of eternity. It was already sad. Legend legend has it that this particular eye belonged to Vecna's first apprentice. Still it's sad. You made it sad. You made, I don't I don't mean yes, I understand there's a like you murder a unicorn, you get their horn, it's magical, you grab a pixie, you shake it like a salt shaker, you get mad. I get that, but I I just I don't like the idea of harvesting of harvesting things from you know sentient creatures. I, I, I it does not sit well with me. This is where we're kind of like, we're on the same territory there. But I'm also saying like, that's that's the root path to making the magic item. The PCs would find one that someone else has already made. I guess. Well, it should at least be evil and you should feel, or at least feel bad. Like every time you use it, you should be like, well, I don't feel good. Oh yeah. But the other thing is like, you make it so that you can't scroll through them. You see through them all and you can focus and maybe start to see through them but you're looking through the eyes of a bunch of madmen staring at a thousand textbooks in a thousand different languages in a thousand places. So it becomes a save versus psychic. If you make the save, then you use it as like one of the most terrifying scrying artifacts in the world. I'm back on board, you know, and, and, or for the sake of not making our arm sad, we can just go, all of them are sentient. Like these, these artifacts are sentient. It's like little angry eyeballs. I'm happy again. Well done, sir. You knew exactly what I needed. <laughs> we can make it real gross. Look at the size of that eyeball. It's got to be like, it intersects with the brain. Ew, stop. Like, there's no, not I'm enough sad room again. in the no, skull. It's a little glass perfect thing. It doesn't feel weird at all to hold. It turns no, into a perfect glass eye that talks to you. It's disgusting and slimy, and it's aware that it's a magic item now. It might resent it, but it also might not, because now it's connected to all those other eyes, so it might be the happiest Nothic. I would like the idea of a really happy eyeball. I can see you. Especially because it's only going to like you attune to this thing and it can talk to you and the rest of the party is just like entirely unaware of it. So we get a magical eyeball. The eyeball is sentient. You, it gives you the language under common so that it can communicate with you. And then it just goes, you know, this is so nice. I really wanted to go outside, but apparently I terrify people. So I just stay in here have a whole special bag this is the best day ever <laughs> i also don't have legs which made going outside real hard but you get them like an eye patch during the day yes. so that they don't like have to deal with this. you get them a little hood and they can pull it up and so their face is shaded but they can still look around and see things it's got to be in a jar, right? Because like eyes need tears, right? It's got to be kept damp. If it's got to be wet, yes, it'll be in a jar. But I do like the idea that it just turns into like a marble that you can just like hold. I know you do. And like kind of David Bowie, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm looking at a picture of a Nothic right here and I feel like gross is mandatory. 
like I'm just I'm just sitting here now imagining either a it's in a jar or b you just have a wizard who just is casting shape water all day to keep this thing moisturized. <laughs> Why are you always wet? Mind your business. I also just like the idea like this this is one of those things that I fully acknowledge is only funny to me. I like the idea of this being disgusting and awful to look at and you have to take care of it you have to like keep it in a jar you have to keep it wet it takes all of this effort and it's just called the eye buddy it's just a little friend but you're scrolling through the magic items and you're like oh the eye buddy what is this an eye and mine torn from the body of a nothic before it's dead like, wait what oh that can't be my buddy i'm so wounded I, I am now sitting here and I'm actually imagining that this is the precursor to Wally because you have got to get this thing magical armor. Now it just follows you around on wheels in this little armored suit. This kind of, here you go, little buddy. Now you can like walk around and not have to be up here with me casting shade water on you all day. Oh, this is nice. That's fine. That's fine. I'm good now. It's still in transparent glass and it's still a disgusting jar of eyeball, but it's absolutely still happy with little robot arms. It could be like Clippy. It seems like you're trying to learn dark secrets. (laughs) Would you like me to help? Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. The Arcane University is a large place. There are buildings spaced out as widely as possible. It takes up a huge amount of space. There was, for a short time a bit of time where the municipality was trying to like get some some housing built up you know this is a terrible use of space and then the evocation building exploded since then this place has been left as a set of about nine or ten very very distant apparently incredibly flammable buildings the library is the nexus the library is the place where eventually Every caster wanders through. Every once in a while, even clerics start to make like pilgrimages out for the like the historical documents that correspond to their religious texts. And every now and then you get something where a warlock wanders in and is quietly ushered out. You never know who sent him. You never know what they want to know, but you can never trust it. What are you here for? My character is a tall, lanky panther gentleman by the name Risen Softly Each Morn. His mom was a baker, and in the wee 
morning hours, he would crawl out of bed and tug at her apron and jump up on the counter and help her make biscuits. Why I'm here today is because I am looking for magic items. I'm not sure exactly what is here, but I know they're having a display and they've got a few things out they've pulled out from the vault they wouldn't normally have as accessible as they are now. And I don't have a full inventory, but I'm basically here to snatch anything I can. Then tell me, how do you get into the library? Definitely from the roof. It's got to be a skylight or something. Absolutely. I've got my little panther claws so I can make that perfect circle with the suction cup and pop it out. Just doing the full Catwoman shtick. Yeah. So, Risen, it is late. You don't do this sort of thing in the daytime hours, but that's fine. Tabaxi, they love it at night. You're in your element. And it's not hard for you to get up to the top of the building. There's a big glass dome on top, because of course there is. The only real flaw to this plan is the fact that, like, the entire building is built around getting that natural light and the there are three or four balconies just tiered down with that circle all the way down to the ground floor cut out around it so that everything is getting that natural light so you're about 50 feet in the air just sort of dangling down from this hole in the ceiling and you can see beneath you a handful of glass cases thousands of books tens of thousands of books more than you could possibly imagine especially recognizing that like wizards could in theory magic up writing but they tend to be like research happens while they're working which means their spell slots are occupied so the sheer number of hours that would have gone into writing this building is unimaginable well it's much more than I can imagine because books, gross. Don't care. What I care about are the pretty magic items that can make me some money. And 50 feet in the air is no big deal because as a standard adventurer, I have 50 feet of silken rope. You get yourself a nice little anchor point on the ceiling. You dangle it down through the hole. I'm doing that thing where like my, I have my legs wrapped around it and I'm just sliding down with my hands open, hanging upside down. So, Sin, I would imagine you probably wind up taking a slightly different tact getting in to the library. You want to tell me how you pulled this one off? I kind of waited until people left and then I took all the secret doors. You probably would have spent, what, like, weeks or at least a couple of days just around campus, just off past past where people can see you just off in the shadows just looking and every once in a while making eye contact and just pulling what you could you know this place you might as well have built this place you know everywhere whether it's the ways the librarians get in and out with new books you know how the students sneak in when they're like just trying to get at something they aren't supposed to just trying to get somewhere quiet for a little while and probably a couple of things about um, 
what the guards do to keep this place protected too. Um, probably sneaking things off their lunch break and there may have been a couple of um, incidents where I gazed at people a little bit too long if they recognized who or what I was. Where in this sort of like four story structure do you come out? On the third floor, it's at a spot that at the end of it looks like a wall. It is not one. This is something I'm always kind of curious about with True Sight, and you can decide how it works for you personally. Do you see through illusions or do you not see illusions? What would be the equivalent of like an outline? Like there is like a place that's supposed to be here, but it's not filled in with anything. I can only just see like the outline as if you had done like an x-ray version of it in Photoshop. There's almost a blue overlay to reality where you can just see this fuzzy little image of a brick wall. But when you see it in true color, when you see what it is, it's, it's not it's not there. It's something that's basically your vision has an extra channel to it. And there there's no good way to explain seeing two images at once. But you see both the intent and the reality at the same time. And as you kind of pass through it, you're just attuned in the right way that you feel a little shiver, a little tingle. You know you passed through some power that was left behind, but not quite enough to be able to sort of hoover it up. There's that pale moonlight coming down. All of the light in here comes from that upper dome or any torches or lights that the mages set up. But being a university building, this closes at 7 p.m., the lights are shut off because it takes power to run those, and we don't have that in the budget. The tuition got cut recently. We've been having trouble getting students in from the neighboring kingdoms and just all of the explanations, all of them running through your head and the voices of the people that were thinking of them, all the bureaucrats that you walked past in the last few days just complaining about the budgets. Lit beautifully. Just this little outline is something kind of skinny about the size of maybe a slightly tall man just drifting down a line from that high dome up on the roof and i'm absolutely like dun 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 as i'm coming down there is the slightest chance given how open this whole thing is that you can actually hear that lightly just echoing down the hallway I don't think they see me. I'm pretty sure they're more than 30 feet away at this point. I would um, kind of keep on this bearing, but move as quietly as possible so as not to draw attention to myself. Okay, then we're going to do a quick opposed check. Aram, I want you to roll me your perception. And Sin, give me a stealth roll. My perception is plus six. 16 plus 6 is 22. So what, am I doing a stealth here? You're doing a stealth check, yeah. I think you got a plus 5 to that. Yeah, you're good at this. I get I get a plus 5, but it is unfortunately an 11 on this die. So then you are still quiet. 
The trouble is, you've been wandering around in spaces where the people aren't paying attention. Anyone who has been on, like, a university campus will know this, but nearly everyone is not thinking about where they are at any given moment. Which makes it a lot easier to kind of get through unnoticed. Risen, you're very aware of your surroundings. 20 feet off the ground at this point. I've lowered myself down that far. I stop and I just flew, I just whip out these pair of dual crossbows and I'm aiming directly towards where I heard that noise. What do I see? And as you sort of, the moment that made you pull the crossbow was you first saw like a little glint, a little reflection off of something, maybe the size of a dinner plate, just vaguely glassy. And you saw that same little flicker 10 feet down the balcony a couple seconds later. And that's the point where you stop and go like, no, something's moving. This must be a thing. So I'm not going to say anything aloud. I'm just going to look. I would like to know, can I be in a hood? Absolutely. Sort of tattered, borderline just a blanket draped over you? Yes, please and thank you. Fantastic. You keep it pulled fairly tight, but you're still like, it's a larger cloak, so it's still got just a little bit of flutter to it. And every time you kind of glance over, uh, that's what you're seeing, Aram. You're seeing that little glint of light off the singular eye from the inside of that cloak. Do I know what I'm looking at? From this sort of distance, I'm not sure that you would recognize it. Like, it's a humanoid shape. Now that you're looking, like, directly at it, you can make out that it's cloak guy moving little light shinies but i'm not sure that you'd be able to like recognize it without getting a fair ways in i'm imagining that this space would be pretty fucking wide and you're coming down like in the middle i don't want to draw attention to myself yet because i don't know if they've seen me so i'm going to uh dash and quickly drop to the floor and hide like lean up against a bookshelf and try and try and figure out what i'm looking at Sin, you would absolutely have seen this this form, like, coming down. I I am imagining from your raw description around, please correct me if I'm wrong, uh, very ostentatious, probably came down, like, from the top of the dome, just dead center dead into the center. room. Yeah, because that's where the best lighting was. So, and it glinted off my, you know, this, you know, this kind of deep, almost purple black fur I have all around me. And I'm very, very thin, even for a tabaxi. I'm just this lithe, furry little panther boy. <laughs> that really, that, that description broke down by the end of it. Uh, <laughs> I love it. It was great. Sin, you, you have eye on this guy. And... Suddenly, he goes from just kind of relatively quickly, but still, like, measured descent into almost just a dive. You see him almost fall and catch himself just above the ground, just enough to, like, lose momentum and then hit the ground and dash off. We're going to reverse things. Aram, I want you to give me a stealth check and uh, sin. You've got advantage on your perception here. Three plus six is nine. I think you're going to be able to beat this one. Uh, you know, something I might not. It's a perception check, right? Yep. Yeah. Ten. Risen hits the ground and is just immediately diving, just sliding kind of under a table and immediately out from under the table up behind a case. 
you can see that this room is maybe a third total actual artifacts. And then the wizards, as they tend to, put out, depending on whose mind you read, decoys or uh, facsimiles or just sometimes they'll tell you that it's it's a representation it's there so that like we don't have to put the actual thing out there but people will come in and take a look and like this is a perfect recreation the only way it could be this perfect is if we actually had the object this is just a projection of that image it's a decoy and so you have this sort of cat-like form you would recognize a tabaxi diving and hiding up against this case that from where you stand has absolutely nothing in it to hide behind. You can see these pair of hand crossbows with these pearl grips and these silver edgings all along it that catch light left and right like they're not stealthy at all. You know this book. This is like... God, what, what's the opposite of the Book of Isle Darkness, Aram? Give me that one. Book of Exalted Deeds. In that same sort of blue, almost wire mesh vision, you can see that like gilt cover, the the pages with this illuminated script with this like vague blue tint to the page. You recognize it. This is the this is supposed to be a recreation of the book of exalted deeds opened up to just like a page of myth. And behind it, you see those little shiny points. Those little ears kind of like twitched up and then back. This tabaxi just hiding behind this layer of glass. If I could furrow an eyebrow, I would. But then after that, I just decide to like turn and head down the hallway toward, I don't know how far um, Risen can see try and follow like i try and slink from like column to column and follow to backseat dark vision 60 feet good question uh dark vision you can see in darkness or shades of gray up to 60 feet you're more or less middle of the room so he's up 30 feet and then like across the way from you so basically the moment he pulls back from that sort of balcony he's going to be even in darkness for you I can climb at the same speed I can walk because I'm a thief. So I will... Also, you're a tabaxi, so I feel like you could have done that already. Right. They have a climb thing, too. Yeah. So I'm going to try and scuttle up to that balcony quietly as I can and slink behind whatever this is. Because I can't risk them telling the guards or maybe they are a guard. I don't know. I got to find out. So, Sin, are you... When you kind of, like, just walk away... Are you trying to sneak away or is this like you were just staring this thing down? Neither of you were really making a move and that's like, oh, this is fine. You haven't tried to talk to me. You're not trying to hurt me. And as a player knows, you're not in range of any of the abilities I have. So (laughs) (laughs) just keep walking down the hall, right? Relatively quiet, but it's one of those things of being like, I don't think there's anything around me that it would be that it would be big enough to hide behind to avoid being followed by this person. And so Aram, yeah, you can more or less at pace and you have I know the tabaxi have that weird dash ability to them, so it wouldn't be too hard to basically just sort of dash across that open area, up a column, over a bookshelf, and then just taking strides sort of bouncing between shelves. 
trying to keep line of sight on this sort of hooded figure as they walk away. I'll just keep following. Until they do something or stop somewhere, I'll just keep following them. You are well aware that you are being followed. I walk down the hallway and I'm assuming that there's nothing impeding me, so I'm going to walk into the wall. Risen, you watch this thing pass through a brick wall. I walk up to the wall and I'm looking at it and I reach into my bag and I pull out my glasses of minute seeing and I'm carefully looking at the wall to see what the trick was. Okay, so what do the glasses of minute see? Are, are these magnifying glasses? They ba- No, what they do is they basically give you advantage on perception rolls within like a foot. You have to be a foot away. Okay, okay. Yeah, then give me give me your uh, perception roll. First one is an 18 plus 6 is 24, and the second one is a 6 plus 6 is 12. The texture repeats. It's almost like there's a one-inch square of brick texture that's just tessellated across the entire wall. Uh, and then, like, it breaks where there's grout. And you can see, like, the moment the grout starts up again, it just tessellates again. I just push you push and you immediately stumble like two steps forward sin you've had probably enough time to basically get around a corner so you risen you get through that wall and there is nothing here what am i looking at what kind of room am i looking at you're looking at a hallway uh honestly looking at this this is a delivery path uh you can see just kind of like there there are wheeled like tread marks uh, now that you're thinking about it, like there must have been ramps uh, somewhere because the books are getting put back on carts and like there were st- staircases everywhere. You can't do carts on staircases. Well, it turns out they just didn't want the students getting on the ramps. I would walk down this hallway, testing doors as I pass them. And if one's unlocked, I'll assume that's where the Nothic went. Which leads to the question, where was the Nothic going? I guess what's in this hallway, everything or nothing. So what I had arbitrarily decided 30 seconds ago was basically this is part of the whole network for the book return. So this is almost like a nice slow sloping spiral that goes up around the entire outside of the library. Mostly around the third floor, you know, it's mostly histories. So there's a bit of stuff there around the fifth floor. You get into like, actual spell work there's some useful theory texts but usually nothing too too in depth uh there is there is always going to be a restricted section there is always going to be a bunch of books that you have to like they keep under lock and key those are on the sixth floor this is a five-story building okay so basically i'm trying to not get the attention of people who are guarding the inside of the building and i'm also trying not to keep the attention of this um person of interest i've acquired with all this attention that i'm focusing on them and with their awareness of me do they how does it work with a nothic do they hear my thoughts is there an occasional just awareness of my intention it is a targeted effect and an action according to the stat block I gotta imagine that, like, narratively, if you were having a conversation with a Nothic and just staring into its eyes, then it'd probably be, like, that ambient, like, sort of just glimmers of insight, constantly finishing your sentences and stuff like that. But I would say without active effort, 
they're not prying information out of your skull, you know? Sin, I would say that you, you're you fairly aware that you're safe from the one following you because Aram's immediate action was, I'm going to start trying the first open door. I'm going to make my way on down. I think, let me see. Basically, it's the, let me, let me not alert people that I am here. So I think you said that means I have to route through the inside of the building. Meanwhile, I'm just opening doors and finding piles of books like... Ew. <laughs> Ew. Boring. You come through, and it's one of those situations where you get to the edge of the balcony, and you watch as the guard, clearly a, a human or one of the one of the races that doesn't have dark vision, because they don't catch you. They just walk straight towards you, and then just under the balcony, as you kind of like peer over the edge, looking like a whole gargoyle. I can't believe this is my life. God, remember when you were a real wizard? <laughs> now you have to put up with no, this bullshit. No, he doesn't. That's the problem. <laughs> there is at least one guard wandering around down on that lower floor, and otherwise you're looking down at that series of display cases. There's probably two-thirds of them fake, but the rest of them, there's a hum to it. You can feel them. You know, like it's it's right there. So you know, we're we're following the serotonin out here and going for humming things. Uh, I'm gonna have you give me either an acrobatics or an athletics, coming down off the second floor. Um, that's gonna be a nine on that acrobatics. You're gonna get down fine. Like I said, this is a sort of situation where you can get your claws into the wall and like keep your descent slow. It is inelegant you realize you are going too fast and you basically have to jut out and slam a claw into the wall and drag yourself up against it, at which point it's your weight pulling down and you can hear the scratch. Aram, at this point, I think you're like coming up near the door and you hear a little bit of a like crunch noise. You don't recognize it, but it's, it's claws digging inches into plaster. Yeah, no more hiding. So I use my dash. I rush over as fast as I can towards that noise, and I swing my crossbows around, and I'm looking. I'm just trying to confront it at this point. You are up on that balcony. You can see it land. Uh, Sin, you can immediately see, like, you hear him. He is not being stealthy either. And you can look up, and there is a tabaxi looking down at you with a hand with hand crossbows. What is he saying? Am I looking up at this while my claws are stuck into the wall? We can have you, like, on the ground at this point. This is, like, the slide has happened, but you had to, like, yank yourself in. So there was a moment where you, with a 14 strength, slammed your entire body into the wall to, like, get purchase. And then it just, like, the weight of you dragged you the last, like, five or six feet to the ground. Me kind of looking at my claws and, like, breaking little pieces of remaining plaster off of them. And what you see are that I, in fact, it's like, it looks like a human hand almost, except that it is at least three times the size a human hand would be. And they have nails, but they all come to a point. Look up because of course I have noticed that there is someone else here and you just see a giant blue, you know that thing where like if you look in the eye of a husky you can see an arctic yeah this is so large you are staring into an ocean 
you see the roiling storm. Dark. Blue. Technically blue. It could be the Leviathan could be in here. So he's about 20 feet up there. Sin, anything you want to do? I am going to have you do a deception check, apparently. I rolled a seven plus two, so that is nine. I have rolled um, a 14 plus insight, so that is an 18. Sin is going to immediately learn one fact or secret about the target. Okay, so here's what you see. In your mind's eye, right? There's a cartoon version of me. There's like a poorly drawn cartoon version. And it's like, bounce, 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 jumps into a museum, pops out with a bunch of artifacts, bounce, 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 finds a mean man in an alley. He pulls out a lot of money from his coat, hands him artifacts, takes money, big smile, bounce, bounce, bounce. And that's like the whole sequence in that moment. I look forward to hearing your musical choices for that bit. (laughs) That's going to be fun. And you just want all the artifacts? There's just seems to be like a desire to find things and sell them. And there's greed. Like there's more artifacts than. Yeah. Like this is that entire thing gives you a read of general greed, like not unending, not even really quite malicious. Just these will be expensive. If I have them, I can sell them for money and then I'll have money. I have a very expensive lifestyle. Do I know which way things are? So the middle of the library is typically like a seating area. You know, you go out, you find your books, you bring them back here and you do some reading. They've cleared out most of the tables for the next little bit for this like little almost borderline museum exhibition. Risen is seeing all of this in like pure, simple, like, well, black and white, I guess, because it's dark vision. Books swords uh there is a glaive that is just like cascading uh that sort of fog from like something far too cold there are scrolls scroll cases that same sort of gold filigreed like almost ivory looking wand that's just postured and rotating hovered in midair with its own internal glow quick question as a rogue archaeologist (laughs) is there any chance I have ever heard of a Nothic. Give me uh, an Arcana check. That's going to be a 16 plus one. You would recognize a Nothic. I would say that you absolutely know Nothics as the thing that happens when a wizard goes wrong. It's just the, the detail work of it, like how one becomes a Nothic. It's just like, that's a wizard what broke. But I would know that they're drawn towards powerful magic items, right? Yeah. I would point my weapons away so that I direct. So like I lower them like they're still in my hands. I'm not taking my eyes off you, but I'm not threatening you directly. I turn to leave and walk into this room where the humming is coming from. But when I do, you also notice that there's a gesture like almost like you're going to do this anyway. So you might as well come along. Okay. All right. I'll drop down. I no no reason to hide anymore, and I will like you know follow 
kind of like jog to catch up, give him a couple feet of space, but follow behind. You haven't seen a Nothic up close, have you? No, no, never. So this creature that you have seen does like walking around the building and somehow not drawing attention to itself is like eight feet tall and has feet that have three big claws as you get up close and you're better able to see it. It has hands with huge claws and it has the one eye. I'd just like to quickly point out that it's it's eight feet tall, hunched over, as you mentioned, you know, the terrible posture. So you're looking at it like it's probably looking you dead in the eye when it turns to face you, but it's still like two feet taller than you because of the back spikes. There are like ridges of spines all along where my back is. And you're just like, oh, that must have been that glint that I caught earlier when I was coming through the sky um, from the skylight. My hackles are fully raised, like all the fur is up on the back of my neck right now. I am sensing lots of danger. And I would just kind of look at you and nod. Hello. Nothic? Do Nothics know that they're Nothics? That's a good question. You must have been powerful enough to be approaching secrets that were, if not a threat, than a major concern to a deity. But you remember none of them. You don't remember the secrets, you don't necessarily remember what you were, but you must have had enough to notice the lack. If you don't know that you're a Nothic, you know that something is wrong and you are not what you were. That being said, also with the amount of reading you may have done, when Risen says Nothic, that might be the straw that broke the camel's back. That might be the moment where you go like, that makes sense. You would see as much as you can imagine it, me trying to take a claw and just like scratch at my chin as I'm pondering what you're saying. And then you hear some utterance that you can't understand. Aram, I want you to give me just raw intelligence check. Okay, I can do that. I am fairly intelligent. Well, that's a generous assumption. I, well, my character is. <laughs> that is, however, going to be a one plus one. Not a goddamn word. I'm just staring at you. And like, I switched to like words in draconic because I'm hoping that maybe you understand those because they're magical words kind of. And like, like we're just almost just like, like shouting random things at each other. And then I just kind of like throw my hands up and I'm, and I'm kind of like wondering like, oh, and I pull out some paper and I start drawing. Like I draw the wand and I put a big circle around it and I'm like, thumbs up. Are you asking me if I'm a wizard? Well, he drew a picture of a wand, put some circles around it, pointed at it, and then did thumbs up. So, like, that's what you have. Charades are hard when you're a cat. I don't know why you would make that assumption about tabaxi, that they're bad at charades, but I'm going to go with it. Just because I appreciate this so much, we're going to have you roll, or, you know, if you want, another deception check. Yeah, 100%. I could do that. I'll roll another deception. Although, you know what? Would I feel this? Would I feel you kind of trying to reach into my mind? Yeah, you recognize that, like, it's reaching I'd your... let him. Okay, cool. You know, tense up, because it's a very weird feeling, but I'd focus, and I'd let you in and try and show you what I'm thinking. 
I heard your roll, Sin. What'd you get? A 14. Can I tell you what the next cartoon image is? Please tell me what the next cartoon image is. Okay, so here's what you say. You see a little cartoon version of me walk into the library and, ooh, I'm scared and I'm alone. And then all of a sudden, you're there and I'm happy and you're happy and we just start helping each other. You lift me up so I can grab things. You get rid of magic so I can pull wands out of cases. And we just amass two very equal piles of magic items and we give each other a big hug and we walk together right out of the library. I take this one claw that I have and I I try to as gingerly as possible take the piece of paper from you and I write okay but I can only write in undercommon <laughs> and I give you the paper back. You gave me a thumbs up earlier so I just give you the paper back and then I do as like a rough gesture of a thumbs up. Okay, in my character's mind, we've got a deal. That's what I would assume that was. <laughs> I'd like you both to make a perception check. I rolled four twice, so today is not gonna is not that day. I got a total of seventeen. I have a passive perception of twelve. Can I use this passive perception, please? I'm gonna say that the the passive perception is basically enough to like recognize that something's happening aram you absolutely rolled high enough that like you hear and kind of like get down tap the nothic real quick gesture a crossbow's out tell him yeah and tell him to get down get down and you see a human man walk out of the book stacks looking around real fucking confused uh and then he pulls out from his side just like this little couple inch diameter uh sphere he holds it up to his mouth and then it starts to glow and he tosses it up oh shit uh, at his side especially now that it's lit you can see that he's carrying a mace we could let this slide if it were midterms I know you don't need to be here whatever you have going on we can act like it didn't happen if you just want to leave in the dim light uh, particularly because you would be aware of this. This is the sort of thing you have to consider, Risen. You can see that right at the edge, there's this globe floating right alongside his head, and near the edge, just where it's barely lit, is your rope. A Shut major fucking glaring indicator that this is probably not a kid in here after hours. Right. Okay. I'm looking at the Nothic. I'm looking at the guard. I'm looking at the Nothic. Got my crossbows out. My very big eye currently looks very sad. Okay, I don't know what the fuck that means. <laughs> I'm looking right at you, trying to figure something out, and all I'm getting is this general idea of sad, and I have no goddamn idea what that means. Well, I mean, means. as much as you can make out my facial expressions. It's, it's like a puppy kind of looking sad. That's what I would imagine. <laughs> a terrifying single-eyed puppy. It, it's honestly very that. All right, then I'm going to aim at the globe. I'm going to just like, I'm going to move my crossbows from the guard to the globe and watch the Nothic to see if it acts. Balls in your court. Well, no, it's like floating over the head of this guard. Do I know right. what that globe is? 
Oh yeah, you recognize a Drift Globe. It's got a whisper. It's not as powerful as any of the things in this room that's pulling towards you, but that's a magic item. It's That's about all that it's good for. It's Honestly, the light itself is like a weird, complex, illusory effect. It's like it's almost like it's reading the room and then just projecting an illusion of the room that is well lit back onto the room. It's one of those weird things where it's like you feel like it'd be more efficient to generate light, but that would actually take more power. We're going to have the guard person make a constitution saving throw. And Aram, for you, the like the air around you, because I'm standing right next to you, suddenly like it feels like a hundred funerals. That is 12 necrotic damage. So this is a like standard issue. This is not a fighter. This is not a soldier. This is a standard issue. Human guard. He's like 13 days from retirement. And then you looked at his face and there's a moment where you feel him go to yell. And he rolled on the die a four. He looks at you and you pull on his mind. But instead of grabbing thoughts, you grab commands the things that your brain tells the rest of your body to make it function. And instead of you reading them, you yank them. And his entire body seizes for a second and then stops holding itself together. And then it collapses into a mass of sludge and bone. (laughs) Bob it to the side violently. (laughs) We should do whatever we're going to do. So where's the humming coming from? The strongest thing in the room is that wand. You can feel it. It's vaguely celestial. It's got a pull. There are other things around here. There are spell books, scroll cases that have got that same sort of hum to them. There is one sword that is real. It's beautiful. It is ornate. It looks incredibly sharp. Without further inspection, you can't really tell what it's supposed to do. Uh, but otherwise, for the most part, it is weird little brooches and artifacts. Just glancing at things, the sword would probably look the most valuable to me. Would that be fair to say? I mean, if nothing else, you know that like something like a wand, you have to sell to someone who either is collecting them or knows how to use them. Wands are trouble. They're always trouble. Swords, you can offload swords. I can sell a sword to any idiot. Yeah. yeah. I am going to go for the wand. I'm going to go for the sword, but well, probably, but I'm going to scope things. Like if I see this giant hulking creature start to go towards the wand, I would put a hand up, not touch it, but put a hand up and, and point at my eyes and point at the thing and then give it like the one finger weight. And I want to check for traps. Sin, that's your call. You want to give him the time for it? I, I look at him with the finger and then, you know, pause for a moment. Because I think I understand at least that much of human hand gestures. Aram, check for traps. All right. Uh, with with my minute seeing glasses, uh, I get a 19 plus 6 is 25. You can see this thing, the way it is set up, the way that it's rotating, it's tied into things. You can't see the magic, but you can see the motion. And one of the things that you've learned in doing these heists is like a simple rotation is actually really, really easy to get stabilized, but it's got a weird little wobble to it. Like it's an inconsistent 
angle that the wand is sitting at. Right. Almost as if magic is tugging on it. And you know this. This is a thing you've dealt with. You can make that work perfectly, but you need to align the secondary spell to the axis of rotation. And that isn't done properly. And so it throws it off just a little bit. Okay. I turn to the Nothic and I hand gesture like, like I go abracadabra point to the thing, make like a little loopy loop where two loops intersect with each other with my fingers and then go boom and point back at it. Thumbs up. When I, when I look at the wand and stuff, can I make an arcana check to see if there are magical shenanigans happening? Yeah, please. And I will give you the advantage on that one because, I mean, that's that lines up. I mean, you can see things. This is an eyeball thing. That is going to be a 17. Sorry, I'm, I'm just a little baffled. Uh, would you like to hear the text of the spell's true seeing? This spell gives the willing t creature you touch the ability to see things as they actually are. For the duration, the creature has true sight. It notices secret doors hidden by magic and can see into the ethereal plane all out to a range of 120 feet. So part of this is that you now have true sight. And you may say, what does that do? Which would be a great question for the book to answer. If I put my pointer on the sense true sight, not the spell, it says a monster with true sight can out to a specific range and it's 120 feet for a Nothic. Um, see in normal and magical darkness, see invisible creatures and objects, automatically detect visual illusions and succeed on saving throws against them and perceive the original form of a shape changer or a creature that is transformed by magic. Furthermore, the monster can see into the ethereal plane. It's under the vision and light section of the adventuring section of the player's handbook the bit that nobody read i think there's enough ground there to get to justify like having advantage on the check but like i said it's not functioning as a as a detect magic proxy right right it's one of those things of me being like i'm in a room like it, it's true sight i'm in a magical library so i think the thing that would probably make more sense here would be is the thing that i'm looking at real which is what I wanted to check for. But apparently there's something else that's going on. And so at the very least, it's a, are there magical shenanigans happening? Have these wizards done a thing? Um, the Arcana check was a 17. Then yeah, you get basically the same information Aram had where you can see that like the way this thing is moving is incorrect. And as you kind of look closer, you can see like, no, it is what it looks like. But also that same sort of thing just like almost like a muscle memory thing like the voice in the back of your head just tells you like oh no no that rotation is wrong okay that spell is either very poorly cast highly unlikely mage college or there is a secondary effect interfering with it do i see a way through this to get the wand without setting things off so here's what i can give you Okay. You are relatively constant, uh, relatively confident that it will not be a destructive effect because this is in the middle of the library surrounded by other artifacts. To actually disable this would require some level of spell casting in and of yourself, which regrettably is a thing that you are no longer capable of. It's that thing that's like at the edge of... Right at the edge of my brain, but I can't get to it. Exactly. That thing you keep reaching for, but it's always just a couple inches too far. I can try and disable whatever trap is here. 
I think, in my mind. Like, like once I see that there's a standoff, I start like, I'm gonna picture myself disabling a trap. Picture myself disabling a trap. If you guys make eye contact, you know, you can elect to fail any saves. So like, yeah, you can, you can get that across. Okay. All right. Thumbs up. Fingers crossed. Let's try this out. I try crossing my fingers and fail miserably. Right. It's hard to cross two of three fingers. Yeah. Especially because like the the thing, the nails, the claws almost have like an arc back to them, like a talon. So like when you're trying to loop them over each other, the tips are like scraping against other claws. It's it just a creates a very noise. uncomfortable grinding yeah. noise. Oh yeah, good job, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Man, like, like I would just, I, I would just turn and like you can see on my face, like what the fuck am I doing as I go over to disable this trap? But I'm too far in. Aram, you're gonna make it. You're gonna make a check with your thieves' tools. You're trying to disable a magical trap, so the only thing you can really do is try to pull, like, legitimately some Indiana Jones shit. You have to find something of equal weight and size. Yeah. You can't directly interact with the magic, so you have to trick the magic into thinking it's doing its job. Okay, what is in this room that is the roughly the size, shape, weight of this wand? There are a couple of, like, kind of ornate, like, scroll cases for smaller, like, spell scrolls that might work. Uh, there's a couple, like, heftier-looking, like, bone quills. Yeah, you definitely might something use. that wouldn't have touched magic so the bone quill sounds about right let's grab one of those yeah you can make a check with your thieves tool proficiency if you got it i do plus six 13 plus six is 19 you managed to make that substitution <sighs> and then just like very very quickly just like move it out and my tail just twitches back and forth and i tense up it's an obnoxious move to make because in addition to like that whole fucking Indiana Jones swap moment, it's rotating as you have to right. do this. Right. So I'm walking around it. You got one hand where you're trying to like rotate the thing at the right angle and the other hand kind of coming up and just eh. and there's a beat and another beat and the quill keeps spinning. <sighs> Alright, what do I got? You're holding an ivory wand. It is carved of bone of some sort. It has gold filigree. There's some writing on it in draconic. Which I can read. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. What does it say? Read something to the effect of the soul of flame burns bright. The memory will be held. That's interesting. Okay, so I turn to the Nothic with it in my hand, and I look it in the eye, and I'm especially thinking, like, memories. This is about memories. I just do, like, this, uh, a gesture of, like, an open hand. Like, you know, can I hold the wand? Okay, so I'd walk over, and I'd reach up. I would place this, which must be like a toothpick, into your hand, and then step back. Holding the wand, what do I understand about what this wand does? Because I can't read it. Uh, give me an arcana check. Oh, the heartbreak. That total arcana is going to be a six. Can I help to give them advantage by... Because by, by, I'm thinking these words. I'm, I'm trying to guide them a little bit. 
strictly speaking, the things that Insight gives with the eyeball thing are all like facts or secrets. You are trying at this point to actively communicate words. You don't have a common language, and that's too complex an idea to get across. So what I'm going to say, Sin, is you look at this thing and you study it and you try to see through it and you try. There's like a bit where like for a second, Aram Risen, you can see the mouth move and the lips form words that don't get articulated. They are uh, a mix of uh, Aran and Draconic. Uh, from your limited experience, like you recognize that 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 is clearly like that's a spell, and it just doesn't come out. I look around the room to see if there are. I'm in a library and go, well, you know, this is probably an impossible ask, but I don't know if there are any books anywhere nearby that would explain. Hey, this is what this wand does. There is a plaque on the pedestal. <laughs> okay. It is not an undercommon. I look at the pedestal where the wand came from and I see this placard and I'm like, I can't read. So just you just see a little head like peek over your shoulder, a little cat hut, you know, just kind of like lead out from behind you. you. You see this like wand thing and I'm like pointing at the placard. Could I read the placard? It is a description of the Phoenix Flame wand carved from the bone of one of the largest phoenix ever discovered the enchantment wasn't quite finished in its current form reliably produces ashes and ghosts it was meant to do a true resurrection so that wand casts on a person living immediately kills them and then puts them back in essentially their I, their personal idealized form. That that point in your life where you were like, this is who I am. The memory that on your deathbed, 90 years old, you look back and that's still the image you have of yourself. That is what this one produces. Am I watching them just kind of like staring wide-eyed at the pedestal? Mm-hmm. Like I would actively try to explore like, hey, what's going on here? And assuming that this fails, I can either learn a fact or a secret, right? Okay. So here's what we're going to do. Aram, I want you to make a charisma check. Okay. This is a fucking complicated... Do you also want me to tell you the fact and the secret? No, I was. I assume you're trying to convey what the wand does. I think in this moment, what he's thinking is, if I use this to kill him, he'll be himself again. But maybe just the images of me pointing the wand and you die. Right? Yeah. Eighteen plus two. I think the information that's going to come out is two things. You get one last little cartoon. You get a bird. It is large, it is red, and it is on fire. And you just get the sentence. This will fix you. Now, whether you view yourself as broken, mm-hmm. 
is an entirely separate question. Like, what fix you means entirely in your ballpark. Like, I get the idea that he wants to, that he wants to use the wand to do something and involves a bird and it involves fixing me somehow. Now, as a Nothic, I know that I have, that there is a tug at the back of my mind. I also am very aware of things like, not even moments ago, me being able to see things, but then not being able to interact with them because I don't, I can't use magic. My guy the whole time is like, pew, pew. Yeah? Pew, pew. Now the last bit, as he's like making that gesture, the last bit of information I'm going to give you before I'm going to ask you to make a decision. And we're essentially just going to leave this one on a, on sort of a cliffhanger. You get that image in your head. He like points, he goes pew pew. And you see that cartoon of the, the uh, happy tabaxi holding the wand, smiling, thumbs up, points at you. You, the happy cartoon Nothic, big googly eye, specifically a googly eye, it's not drawn. Uh, and then you burst into flames. I look at the tabaxi and I have a moment of thinking and then thinking, and then you see this big toothy grin. And then you see me like slowly shake my head no. Make a nod and then kind of go and help um, or um, find things. But I don't, I decide not to use, um, decide not to use the wand. Fantastic. You go through. And you basically act as like sort of the point man, just walking through, just going, when he reaches out towards something, just claw on the back of the hand, push it down. Like, that's not real. Not real. <laughs> just directing him gently. You let Aram sort of loot the room effectively. Do you leave together or separately? I think, I don't know. Like, we get to, I think we get back to the, you know, atrium, basically, that we kind of came in and I'd have this big old sack and he'd have his little teeny stick, right? And like, there'd be a moment where I just go to leave and I turn and I'd look back at him and I just kind of shrug like, you know, we don't, like, this worked out great for me. I know of other places. I give him another one of these big toothy grins. Instead of having him climb out of the building, I take him through the like secret passageways that I took to get in here. We go through these winding passages, the Nothic walking. Now, like now that you're not worried, now that you're leaving the place a little bit taller, we're up to like six and a half neighboring on like seven feet, a huge hand on the back of the tabaxi, just guiding. Occasionally when you come up to a wall and you feel a little resistance, just a little bit of a shove, just like, no, 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 no it'll be fine. And we come out to the edges of the property, coming out to like this little sort of like, it's where conjuration gets practiced, small like sort of 
disabled elementals, gargoyles that have been, like, disenchanted, just abound. And you come out into the sunlight and see the sunrise just coming over one hill, just lighting up behind this huge earth elemental. And you just kind of look down to your new tabaxi. There's the moment of eye contact. And we cut. Alright, perfect. We're buddies! This is the friendliest one we've ever done. For more information about us, notes for each episode, and ways you can help support the show, head over to killeverymonster.com. If any of the ideas we've discussed in the show have sparked some of your own, tell us about it on Twitter at KEMPodcast. You'll find me at Aram Vartian and Dylan at DJ Mollenfont. Ad-free episodes, early releases, bonus episodes, print-ready maps, my DM's notes, and Aram's character sheet for each encounter, head over to patreon.com slash killeverymonster. You can also listen to ad-free episodes and bonus content by subscribing to the show on Apple Podcasts. Our theme intro and many of the sound effects you hear in the show were created by BattleBards. Check them out at BattleBards.com. This episode was produced by Aram Vardian and Dylan Malenfant. Aram also did the editing. If you are like me and all that information just fell right out of your head, you can find everything you need at killeverymonster.com. And we'll see you next time for Kill, Kill Every, Every Monster. Monster. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. The ancient mountainous deserts to the south of Faerun are the places where mortals first raised great temples and unlocked powerful secrets. A kingdom once fractured by infighting has been united under the iron claw of the red dragon, Chazar. The Great Lizard's quest for immortality has become an all-consuming obsession. His need for worshippers has set him on a path against the old gods of these lands, and they will not go quietly. An unlikely cabal of deities has banded together to undermine Jazar and ensure that their temples remain protected and active. They've traced tendrils of fate to preferred timelines, then selected five mortals who had the best chance of bringing those futures to fruition. You will take on the role of one of these chosen, in Death to the Dragon King. Find out more about this Start Playing Games campaign and all of my other available games at aram.gay.